So let's continue on our journey of exploring Amuna. There is a um, very interesting piece in Rav Schwab Sefer on this week's parsha. Rav Schwab was the Rav in Breuer's in Washington Heights. He was a very eloquent spokesperson for, uh, for Klal Yisrael, and, um, and he, was a, he wrote a very, very popular Sefer on Chumash called Mayan Beis HaShoeva. And it's uh, it, like it's uh, extremely popular. Uh, I think a lot of people use it. A lot of people have it. It's often quoted. And in this week's parsha on the pasuk of Ayema Avram, Hashem Elikim, but spelled with the lashon Adnus, Avram Avinu asks Hashem with using a lashon of Adnus. How do I know that I'm going to inherit? How do I know that I'm going to have a, a son that's going to inherit me? And he asks for a sign. But the Gemara in Brachas and Davzayin Mabez says, From the day that Hakrishparhu created the world. Never was there a man that came and called HaKadosh Baruch Hu by the term Adin, except for Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu was the first person in the history of the world to use the Lashon of Adnus, to use the Lashon of Aleph, Dalet, Vav, Nun, or Aleph, Dalet, Nun, Yud in this case, but with the Sherish of Adin. And that was a, a very great thing that Avraham Avinu did. So Schwab is bothered by what's so special about the Lashon of Adnus. He says all of the other uh, great people before Avram Avinu, whether it was uh, Adam Rishon, uh, Nayach, and many others, used the Lashon of Melech, referring to HaKadosh Baruch Hu as king. So in what way is Adin such a, a breakthrough Chiddush that, okay, nobody ever used Lashon of Adin? What, how do you see Adin as being such a, like a step up from Melech? A Melech is a king, so it's very, you, you describe HaKadosh Baruch we do it every, every bracha that we make with Shema Malchus, we describe HaKadosh Baruch as our king. Why is Adin such an upgrade from the Lashon of Melech? So, he wants to say the following. He wants to say, that the title of Melech that we praise Hashem with is a borrowed term from Melech Basavadam, meaning you have a king, or let's use a modern day example, you have a president. Do you, does anyone in this room ever, do you know the president personally? Did you ever meet a president in your life? Did you ever see a president in your life? If you would want to speak to him, would you be able to have access to him? You know, you need to use a lot of Paul, and maybe then you'd get to speak to his like undersecretary of state of some of some department. It's it's very hard to get an audience with the president, and I imagine to get an audience with a king, with a real king, is probably that much harder. So, when we use the term Melech, although it's a very great honor for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to be called Melech, but there is also a chisarin in calling him Melech, and that. The implication is that he's a melech over the whole world, but I don't have a personal connection with him. I don't have, just like I don't have a personal connection with the president. I, I know who he is, but he doesn't know who I am, and I don't. So, in a way, using the term melech about Hashem 
is sort of, it doesn't really do him justice. It doesn't do the relationship justice because it's really not touching the core root of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is to me personally. An Adon, on the other hand, is very different than a Melech. An Adon is a master. If a person, is a, uh, if a person has a boss, the, the boss is Adon. In, uh, you know, I think in, in modern Hebrew, I think you know, if you have a boss, it's uh, Adoni. Adoni is like my boss. So a boss knows the people that he works for generally. He's not unless he's like one of these very aloof CEOs that doesn't have a shaykh. But a normal boss, if it's in a store, if it's in a restaurant, if it's in a business, you generally have a connection to all the people working under you. So the chiddush that Avram Avinu brought to the world is that don't consider HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a melech, which is somebody that's, you know, a, a being that's very powerful and very mighty and very great, but it's not a, a personal connection. Rather, he says, look at HaKadosh Baruch Hu with a different perspective. Look at him as an Adin. Because when you look at HaKadosh Baruch Hu as an Adin, now you already tap in to something personal. Now I feel that there's a close connection between me and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's, a, that's the aside that Schwab gives. But then he tops it off with a very great lesson that he, uh, he quotes B'Shem Rav Shamshim Rafal Hirsch. And there's a little story behind this, this vart that he quotes Rav Hirsch from. Rav Hirsch, of course, was the, the founder of Kaladasi Shuren. Um, he was the founder of, of the great um, German Frankfurt Kehilla. And that was the forerunner of the modern-day Breuers. It's, that's, their, that's their spiritual uh, ancestor from Germany that was basically transplanted that shul from Germany, from Frankfurt, into, uh, into New York. So Rav Schwab was sort of like a, a spiritual uh, heir, perhaps, to, to Rav Hirsch. So the story goes like this, that Rav Hirsch had a son-in-law, who was a, success, a successor. His name was Rav Shleimah Breuer. Rav Shleimah Zalman Breuer was actually his name. And Rav Shleimah Breuer was uh, once going to a certain asifa, like a convention in a certain place, and he bumps into Rav Shimon Seifer. Who was Rav Shimon Seifer? Rav Shimon Seifer was a son of the Chassam Seifer. The Chassam Seifer's other perhaps more famous son is the Ksav Seifer, that everybody knows the Ksav Seifer. Shimon Seifer was the Rav in a very prominent city called Krakow. And so they bump into each other, Shlema Breuer and, and Shimon Seifer. They're from, you know, little, one is from Hungary, one is from Germany. And Shimon Seifer says, Listen, I heard a lot about your Shver, I heard a lot about your father-in-law, could you maybe, you know, he's very famous for his beautiful Svarim, his Tyra. Tell me like a, a nugget. Give me a nugget that I could, that, you know, you could give me as a sample of, of what he said. So if he's going to give a sample of his Shver's Tyra, he has, it has to be a good piece, right? So he told Rav Shimon Seifer the following vart, and it's something that I think of a lot, especially when I, uh, when I say Adain Lam, which is what the piece is on. Now, Dainai Lam is a, uh, it's arguably the most, perhaps the most famous and popular of all piyutim. If 
you think about it. What's more famous than Adonai Lam? Adonai Lam is, is said uh, in the morning when you come to Shul, right after Matayva, you're supposed to say it. Um, it's said when you go to sleep at night, Adonai Lam by Kriyashma Lamita. Adonai Lam is, uh, there is, on Shabbos, you sing after davening, right? People say, and this is it says it every day after davening. I don't know, but it's, it's all, you're always singing Adonai Lam, right? Friday night, Yom Kippur night here in Yeshiva, we sing Adonai Lam. It's very, it's a very, 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 it's like every kid sings, it's, it's a popular, a very popular piyot. And it was written, it's not clear exactly who wrote it, they say they attribute it to Reb Shlem Ibn Gabiro, who was a who lived in the golden age of uh, of, of Spain, and uh, he was arguably the greatest Jewish poet that ever lived. He has we have a lot of poetry from him. Uh, a lot of it is in the Slichas and in the Kinnis, I believe. Also, we we have we have Piyutim from him, but he was great. Reb Shlem Ibn Gabriel, he was like a, a legend in terms of his uh, his his brilliance in writing poetry. So, Adonai Lam, what makes it so special? What's the power of Adonai Lam? What's, why, is it, why is it such a standout poem that like, it beats all others? There's, there's literally hundreds, maybe thousands of beautiful piyutim that were written to, uh, to express the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch and Klai Yisrael. Why was this so special? What, what makes it stand out? So let's go through the Adonai Lam. Um, is there an English art school sitter there? Thank you. So let's go through it just very quickly in English, and I think you're going to gain a tremendous insight, and then we'll tie it into Emuno, which is, I know, what you've all come here for. So Adonai Lam has a very, very interesting two, part, uh, two parts to it. So, first it starts off with Adonai Lam, Asher Malach, B'terem Kol Yitzir Nivra. You have to be very careful, by the way, when you're reading Adonai Lam, if you're not careful where you put the punctuation or where you break up, how you break up the sentence, it could be borderline Kfira. Because Adonai Lam means the master of the universe, Asher Malach, who, was, uh, who reigned, his kingship reigned, B'terem Kol... If you read it like with a comma after the word kol, so it would read like this, and I'm afraid to even say how it would read, but at the time kol, before everything, Yitzir Nivra, there was a person that was created, which sounds like there was a person created before HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyacho. So we don't want to say that. So that's why if people that are medoptic in, uh, in the way they, they, they say their tefillahs will always say, Asher Malach, Beterem kol Yitzir Nivra. Before any Yitzir was created, HaKadosh Baruch already reigned. He was the Melech before there was any, which is an interesting concept also, because normally we say, Ein Melech Am. You always need, what, what, what's a king? If a king has no subject, so he ain't no king, right? If I declare myself the king of Lander College, but I have no, I have no Hasidim, I have no people that consider me their king, so, so it's a joke, right? So, Ein Melech Am means you're only a king if you have a nation, so... Here you see that it's not really true when it comes to Rabbi Nishlam. The Rabbi Nishlam was Adonai Lam Asher Malach. He was a Melech, before there was any creations in the world. There was no one before Malachim, before human beings, before anything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu still had a, had a Din Melech. 
But at the time when he will, that his will brought all into being, then as king was his name proclaimed. Meaning, the only thing that changed after people were created is now he was officially called by people Melech. He was always a king. He, he is a king. Hashem is always the king. He always was the king. Before there was anyone in the world, he was still, he was still a king. The only nafkamina ladina about creation, creation just gave the ability to, for Hashem to have subjects that actually call him by the name king. But he was always a king. Okay, that's the first step so far. We're still in the first phase of the Dainalam. And after all has ceased to be, meaning after this whole world, whenever, however long it takes for this world to run its course, and the world, let's say, someday will no longer be, Hashem will still be here, and Hashem will still be a Melech, without any subject. So before the world was created, Hashem was Melech, he was called Melech once he has subjects, but after when everything is said and done, there will still be Hashem in the world, even though there might, there might be no humanity in the world. There might not be a planet Earth. doesn't matter. Hashem will still be reigning supreme. And he was, and he is, and he will be with all his splendor. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu, these are all, by the way, very important Yisaitis. If you think that we're wasting time by going through this, it's not. Every single line that we're learning from Adon Elam is Aleph Beis of Yisaitis of Amuna. These are all things that we have to know. If somebody asks you, when did Hashem become king? Oh, when man was created. That's, no, no, no. Hashem was king before man was created. Hashem was king always, and he always will be king. He doesn't need anything. He doesn't need us at all. The only thing that we bring to the table is that we call him king and we acknowledge his, his, all of his things that he does for us, but he doesn't need us. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has zero need for human beings. He created us in order to be native. He wants to do good by us and he wants to be mahana us. He wants to get us into Elam Haba, etc. There is many reasons why HaKadosh Baruch Hu designed man and created man, but it wasn't a personal thing. It wasn't that he needs us. He doesn't need us. He was a king, he will be a king, he's doing just fine without us. Thank you very much. Vu echad vein sheni, and he is one, and there is no second, meaning there's no number two. A president has a vice president, and a king has a, a chief of staff. Or there's, no, there's no second. He is, he's the one and the only. There's no second. Laham shiloilach bira to compare to him, to declare as his equal. There's no, you can't compare. It's a, he's in a league of his own. There's no, there's no, well, you know, the, you know, this is a, no, no, no. There's no, there's no comparing anything to Hashem. He's so above and beyond anything that we can ever fathom that there's nothing, there's no mushal, there's no nimshal, there's nothing that we can compare it to. Bleeratious, bleesachless, without a beginning and without a conclusion, misra. His is the power and dominion. He's, he's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. Now look at this. And this is what Rav Hersh's vart was that his son-in-law, Rav Shlomo Breuer, told Rav Shimon Seifer. V'hu keli v'chai gayali 
Bitsur Chavli Sara. He is my God, my living Redeemer, rock of my pain in time of distress. When things are bad, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a tzur. He's a rock. He's solid. He's there for me. He never budges. He's always going to be by my side. V'hu nisi umanesli menos He is my banner, a refuge for me, the portion in my cup on the day I call. Into his hand I shall entrust my spirit, my soul. I give over my soul every night when I go to sleep. And I shall awaken. Meaning HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the shimer over our souls when we go to sleep at night. We're not conscience, conscious. And it's a miracle that we're able to awaken. That means HaKadosh Baruch Hu has deemed it appropriate to give us another day and to give us another chance to be his servants. That's a tremendous chesed that he does. He wakes us up. He allows us to wake up. The imruchi giviyasi, and with my spirit shall my body remain. Hashem ira. Hashem is with me. I shall not fear. So what, what is the greatness of this, of this period of Adon Elam? So Rav Hirsch says like this. The greatness of Adon Elam is the segue that there is a bridge, a very important bridge. If you notice, the first part that we were talking about is talking about what? The big God, the global God. He is, he is uh, Adon Elam. He was the Melech. He is the he's like huge. He's, he's all-powerful. And there's nothing to compare him to. That's, that's talking about very lofty concepts. That's God that like is far and beyond, away from the scope of any any ability to even fathom. What does it mean? If you stop and think about it, like how he created the world, how, how he knows everything going on with every single being in the world. It's amazing. If you stop and think about it, it's just simply astounding that he's able to have such a global, powerful control over all the galaxies, galaxies that, you know, the Hubble space, spacecraft has been like traveling through outer space for, when, when was it sent up? Does anyone know when Hubble was sent up? 15 years ago. It's still going. And it'll never, it'll never stop. I don't know when it'll stop. Does it still have the ability to send back pictures? No? So, so whatever, whether it does or it doesn't, something you could send something up to space and it will go and go and go for a million years. There's no end to space. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is aware of every single planet, every single star, every single asteroid in, in, in the huge, huge, vast universe that we don't even... We, don't even, we haven't touched the surface of what this universe even holds. We're aware of a few planets that go around the sun, but we don't know beyond that so much. We have no concept in what's taking place in other galaxies. But even in planet Earth, I mean, if a person, it's hard for me as a mashkiach to try to meet every guy in yeshiva, remember everybody's name, try to have a kesher with everybody. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows every single being, in the world, in Africa and in Asia and in, in Europe and in, in America, South America, there's billions of people in this world and there, and, and there was maybe hundreds of billions since the beginning of the world and there will be enough. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows them all. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows them all. That's incredible. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows every blade of grass and every ant and every, every, everything. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a kol yachli. He literally knows everything. That's an amazing thing. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so... He's so omnipotent. He's so he's an ain't He never ends. 
He never he has no beginning and no end. There's nothing. To, these are these are very global concepts of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, The big picture of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that was the first part of Adonai Lam, and it could have ended that way, and it, that would be the the end of it. But in the brilliance of whoever authored it, what he does is very very elegantly. He like just seamlessly switches gears from the big God from. And then all of a sudden he starts What does that mean? Now I'm speaking about a personal God. I'm not speaking about the God that's running the entire universe. I'm speaking about a personal connection that I have with Hashem. He's my God. And he is the, uh, he's my living redeemer. Vunisium is my banner. He's a refuge for me. I can call him personally every time I want to. I, I open a sitter, and Hakadosh Baruch is listening to me. The master of the universe is listening to me, little me, with my little requests. Hakadosh Baruch pays attention. It doesn't matter that he is so big and I'm so small. Hakadosh Baruch genuinely listens to us whenever we daven. It's a tremendous thing. I give over my soul to him. has nothing better to do than every night tuck me into bed and take my neshama and like and 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 caress it and take care of it until no Hakadosh Baruch Hu does that. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the great global God of the universe, is also a very personal relationship, and that is really fits perfectly with Rav Schwab's vart because what Rav Schwab says, he says that the chiddush of Avram Avinu was that he invented the term Adin for HaKadosh Baruch So, I could have done, no you couldn't. Because until then, everybody looked at God as being something that's so far away from us that he has no personal connection to me. In fact, that's really what Gayim, the, the, if you want to know the difference in philosophy between a Jew and a guy, I don't know every Gayish religion, Baruch Hashem, but, the, but many religions, many Gayish religions, were either founded or they're based on a principle that I am not connected personally to, to God. I, there might be an Avedizara that I could really, it might be a cow that I should bow down to, it might be a, you know, a, 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 some sort of a idol, it might be a, you know, something, but I can't, I, he's too, he doesn't care, he can't, he can't possibly you know, micromanage everything. I can't have a personal, I can't be an Adin, can't have an Adin Ebed relationship with him because he's too big and I'm so small. The Chiddush that Avram Avinu brought to the world, monotheism, is not just that there's one God in the world, it's that you can personally relate to that one God. That you could daven to him, you could cry to him, you could be happy with him. And you could talk to him and you can open up a sitter and I think Rav Shach used to say that it's an amazing thing. Like if you speak, every yeshiva bachar in yeshiva speaks to the Rebbe in third person, right? How's Rebbe feeling? Can I get Rebbe a coffee? Is, uh, is Rebbe, uh, you know, is Rebbe giving shir today? Right? It's all in third person. Do we speak to Hashem that way? A Rebbe, we, we would never dare say, how you doing? But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Baruch, Ata Hashem. Every time we make a bracha, we're speaking directly to Hashem. How do we do that? You know how we do that? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't want a cold, impersonal, Rabbi Talmud relationship. He wants a father-child relationship. He wants an Adin relationship. He wants a relationship that he could feel that you're relating to him. He wants us to relate to him. 
He wants us to open up a sitter and, and speak personally to him. We have that opportunity. It doesn't have, even have to be in a formal way. It doesn't have to be when we're officially davening. If you want to speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you know, while you're taking a walk or while you're on an airplane, while you're on a bus, while you're uh, playing ball, you could speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You have that ability to always just communicate with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's a chiddish that Avraham Avinu brought to the world. Before, Akash, before Avraham Avinu, it wasn't. If you see the Ramam at the beginning of Hilchas Avedi he says that uh, he starts off that during the time of Enish, people made a big mistake. They started worshipping stars, moons, thinking that they would be uh, that they would be a go-between, a conduit between us and God, and eventually they did away with God and they just worshipped the sun and the moon and the stars. But that's that same concept that, you know, I can't relate to God. I need a sun in between. I need a moon in between. I need stars. Stars, at least I could see. And the stars, let them bow down to God. But I can't, I can't relate to him. But then the Ram continues, says, until Avram Avinu came. And when he was three years old, when he was 40 years old, different gear size, he discovered by himself that there must be a creator. And then he started spreading this word to the entire globe. Anyone that would listen to him, he would ta- talk about the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and how he's the Adin. And you could talk to him and you can relate to him and you could be personal with him. And the Adain Aylam Asher Malach is the same And this is a very important lesson in general, but especially when we're, when we're discussing concepts of Amuna, because that is really what Amuna is in a nutshell. Amuna means that I have a firm belief that everything that happens is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is involved in every detail of my life. And that means that I have faith that everything that is happening is happening because HaKadosh Baruch Hu has so decided. That's what Amuna is. I believe in Hashem. I believe that Hashem is here. I believe He cares about me. He's watching me. And every little detail of my life, at every point in my life, highs and lows and big moments and small moments, from the most uh, you know, heroic moments to the most basic moments, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is my keli. He's my personal God and he cares about me and he's watching me. And when you have that sort of emuna pshuta, that everything is for a purpose and you stop... And the best type of Amun, and we'll see this in future weeks, is, is Amun Apshuta. There, there have been many uh, philosophers that have tried to make a science out of, out of the belief in God, and out of studying God, and proving God, or not proving... And it's been said that it, it's not a good thing. For, even though there were Gedalim that were great philosophers, the Ramam is considered a philosopher, the Ramban, the Ebenezer, they were great philosophers, but... At the end of the day, at least for our generation, the, the best type of amunatab is just a simple, undiluted, unta- just very uncomplex type of faith. I believe in Hashem. I believe in Hashem. But could you prove Hashem? I, I, I don't know if I could prove Hashem. But I just believe in Hashem. Without all the proofs and the theorems and the philosophies, and I just have to have a munapshuta, and that's really adainayim. Adainayim is the most basic. That's why every child sings it. Everyone likes it. it was, it's popular because it it has that core of amuna that that is really almost unparalleled amongst all of the other piyutim. 
It speaks on both ends, how great Hashem is, and that greatness can actually be harnessed in my day-to-day living. These parashas of, uh, of the Abbas that are beginning this week, starting with, of course, Avraham Avinu, who is the father of all religions, in a sense. Of, he, was, he was the one that discovered Hashem, and uh, he brought it to the world, and all the major religions in the world come from Avraham Avinu, but really the Messiah is, of course, through us. But these are parashas of Pura Munah. Behemin Ba'ashem, the Pesach says, Be'achshabel le'itzadakah ha'kadosh baruchu, considered it a chesed and a tzedakah that Avram Avinu had this pure amuna. And as the descendants of Avram Avinu, the more that we're able to tap into the most basic, unpolluted form of amuna, that amuna pshuta that we all need and we all have if we just are able to like tap into it, is something that is the most basic and perhaps the most important part of our very existence.